0: Welcome to b with Ellie, Biohacking and Beyond, the podcast where we dive into the incredible world of self-healing and the mind-body connection using biohacking and lessons from Germanic New Medicine. Good day, everybody. This is Ellie Abella, and I'm here with my guest, Koi Kaluwag. Hi, Koi. Hi, Ellie. Good morning. good morning. Good morning to your listeners. Yeah, good morning. And uh, good morning to you and to everybody else, whatever time zone you guys are in. And we are recording this for my next episode for my podcast, Biohacking and Beyond with Elia Bella. And I wanted to have Koi in because we are experiencing such amazing results with the use of biohacking and dramatic new medicine and other modalities for her son, whom she approached me for about a month ago to help her with. So Koi, can you begin by giving us an overview of the challenges your son faces with ADHD, associated tic disorder, and uh, how you came across an Banyal Method and neurofeedback as potential solutions? Basically, you can just give us an overview of what you've been through since the start. We've been through a lot, Ellie, as you know, but it
1: all began, I remember the date very clear, it was November 20, 2020. Right smack in the middle of the pandemic that Ziki began to exhibit repeating movements. No, He would shake his head. He would blink his eyes. And at first, we we tried to attribute it to too much gadget use. It, no, it was a pandemic. We couldn't go in. It was the height of the ECQ. So we thought at first that maybe too much gadget, that's why his eyes are dry, etc. So we consulted his media who referred us to a neuro, euro neuro which we brought him in for, and it all started with a tick disorder diagnosis. At that point in time, we weren't even thinking that he had ADHD. So it was actually the ticks that manifested first. Gave us medicines, cloned it to be uh, exact, commonly known as catapress. It's a uh, blood pressure medicine, which is also used for uh, nervous... I, I think that's how she explained it to us for nervous movement disorders, etc. So we did clone it in at half a dose for about a year, but we noticed it wasn't it wasn't addressing the, the movement disorders. About six months in from that treatment, you know, my husband said, "Let's take him to a deaf bed just to have a second opinion, because aside from the ticks, you know, we were already seeing symptoms like uh, inattention, can't yeah. stay still for five minutes."
0: You talk to him, it's it's like he would hear you, but he doesn't hear you. We're moving on, let's, let's see. How old is Ziggy? And then did, did this only happen in 2020 and not at birth? Just to clarify. He's currently,
1: he's now eight years old. Our journey began when he was six. We were uh, already, you know, to answer your question, we were already, I think in retrospect, noticing some symptoms of ADHD. But you know, as a mom, you try, the tendency is, ah, oh, it's part of growing up. It's normal. It'll pass. But when it started to affect his daily activities, his schooling, because he was doing online school, we said, ah, oh, this is not normal anymore. So we did take him to a deaf bed. You know, the deaf bed ran through the initial tests, and that's where we got the official diagnosis of. ADHD combined presentation with associated tick disorder. I don't know how I got to memorize that, but, you know. (laughs) Um, So we gave ourselves about three days to sort of accept it, go through the process of grieving, so to speak. And, you know, I have a STEM medical background. I actually graduated biology in college. So instinctively knew that We needed to spring into action because of the age that I honestly believe that the younger you start addressing whatever the diagnosis is, the faster and the more uh, modalities we can use to actually get him into normal, in quotation marks, functioning. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. yeah. And that's really great instinct. Um, on your end as a mother and also as somebody with a background in health and in health studies, no biology, um, is to really do it as early as possible. Early intervention is always, always bodes well. The younger they are, the better it is to spring into action. So that's amazing that you did that. So what was the first thing that you you got into? Well, we continued with the conventional medical route
1: uh, for another six months. So a total of a year. After a year, we took him back to the uh, Euro and he said, you know, this is not addressing the ticks." By then, he was already exhibiting not just the motor ticks. Because remember, I said it started with eye blinking and head shaking. He started having vocal ticks, particularly shouting, squealing. Not really shouting, but it's really more of a very high-pitched sound that's very irritating to everyone around him, actually. It's high-pitched
0: and it, he would do it like every minute, every two minutes for the whole day. And I believe it, it's also irritating to himself, Parang right? It also, it, he can't stop it, but it also annoys him, I believe. It, at first, it didn't. It. It, uh, it was us
1: in the house that were irritated. And then because he was seeing that we were irritated, he began to get irritated with it himself. So we made a follow-up with his neuro. And I think what she said was, what made us decide to consider something else. So, Because she said, no, Claudidin is not working. Let's start th- um, let's try Haldol. So Haldol, uh, is an anti psychotic drug. Hopefully. I'm like, no. He was only seven. I'm yeah. like, no. Uh I read about it, didn't like what I read. So Kelby and I, my husband, Kelby, had a heart to heart talk and we said, We let's not do this traditional medicine route and Let's find something else. That's actually the first time that I started joining support groups, social media, Facebook pages, that of, of other parents, mothers and dads were in their those groups and just trying to read, you know, what was the experience of other people that had dealt with not just ADHD, but autism and other developmental things. We did Nemechek protocol. I discovered it there. Um, so I said, okay, let's stop the medications. Let's do this. So we weaned out from, or weaned down from the medication. I did the usual. So you had inulin, which is a prebiotic, fish oil, and olive oil. That's when I actually came across you in one of the <laughs> mom groups. So I, I, I saw some of your replies to messages, but I didn't, you know, at that time, I was like, okay, not not now, because I was, in the thick of things, trying to just make all the tick stop and the inattentiveness class stop and all this hyperactivity that was going around. Yeah. So we did
0: Nemichek for about a, another uh, eight months. For our listeners, Koi, can you, can you explain what the Nemichek protocol is? I mean, I know what it is, but just for our listeners. Sure. Yeah. All right. So the Nemichek protocol was actually
1: a, a protocol designed by Dr. Patrick Nemichek the basic premise is all diseases begin in the gut and that any gut imbalance would and could affect, you know, the gut and brain access. So how your brain works is mainly dictated by the gut. So she, she rather devised a protocol which was made out of three vitamins. They're not medicines, they're vitamins. That would address a gut dysbiosis and, you know, um, heal leaky gut symptoms and basically what the protocol aims is once the gut is in balance the brain follows the nervous system follows so we did that for about eight months we did notice a slight difference to the hyperactivity but not the ticks nothing was touching the ticks at yeah. that time yeah. so I was you know we were getting very frustrated so I said okay
0: try something else you did that uh, for about, um, you gave it, na man, in earnest, you you gave it a few months. Man. A few months, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight months. Uh, I think to be exact, around eight months. Oh, that's, oh. Decent. that's a decent amount of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We weren't still happy with the results. So I'm like, uh, I was crying
1: by then, admitting the out of sheer frustration. So I went back to the groups where I first discovered Nemitchek and you, you know, started reading, I would sleep at around 2, 3 a.m., just trying to read on experiences, trying to read what other parents have tried for their children, and then came across functional medicine. Right. Uh, so I really put my my all my energy and understanding what functional medicine was, because let's remember, we didn't have such a good time with conventional medicine treatment. So when I heard functional medicine, I was already in doubt if it was just... You know another doctor who will come in with, with and recommend antipsychotic drugs. So I I did spend about three sleepless weeks just trying to understand what functional medicine
0: was. Can you give and, us an overview, like your own definition of of what it is for the moms out there who are looking to yeah, research to try something, yeah, to try <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. What what so, functional medicine is? So functional medicine basically what it
1: targets is the whole body and getting into root causes which is opposed to conventional medicine because conventional medicine you go into a doctor's office you complain of for example chest pains so you're referred to a cardio a cardio would just look at your heart and basically that's it functional medicine what it would do is look at the symptom which is the chest pain look at the heart but then you know really dig deep into what is causing it is it is it related to muscles is it is it probably a metabolic disorder that's causing the chest pains so it really delves into the why and then looks at whatever part of the body is exhibiting symptoms and trying to see if it's connected to the rest of the body and I think that's what I liked about it it's not just looking at the specific just one symptom it actually delves deep into okay what else are you feeling what else are what may be missing may be not working uh Ideally, uh, and that's how they target it. So I like it. They try to stay away from med- medicines as much as possible. They do rely, functional medicine does rely on heavy testing. So we did a lot of tests. Like the oats, test, the oats test, um, heavy metals. and Heavy metal tests, we did that. We did we did the stool test. So lots of tests just to give our functional med a,
0: an overview of what's what's happening with sticky. And then what do they use? They use um diets and supplements and, exactly. and other... They yeah. do herbs. They do a lot of
1: herbs. They use homeopathy if needed. Lots of supplements if it's required. Again, it's really results based on, on, the, on the tests. And then if needed, they go the medicine route, but that's the last uh last resort. It's not the first resort. It's the last.
0: Like so if there I, is any emergency or something of that nature, like any acute presentation of a severe symptom, then then they would be okay with emergency with medicine. Yes. Okay, yes. got it. That makes and sense. That just makes sense.
1: <laughs> it does. And it yeah. did make sense to me and my husband. Uh so we said, Okay, let's do functional beds. Next issue was do we even have a functional bed here in the Philippines? <laughs> because I, I, and I think that's what works against us here in the Philippines is sometimes these alternative methods are laughed at. So I don't <laughs> think a lot of people want to practice. But because of the group, I did discover that we had one functional bed. Actually, we have five. But okay. one in particular um, specialized in treating kids with developmental needs. Great. So I said... This is an answered prayer for us. So without hesitation, I made an appointment. You know, I don't know if it was God's grace, if it was just, you know, at that time, it was an angel sent from above. But we did manage to get an appointment within two weeks of my first contact. We did the initial testing. We found out that Ziggy had got dysbiosis. So lots of more bad bacteria than than good in his tummy. Lots of nutritional deficiencies because of that dysbiosis. So he was eating but he wasn't absorbing the nutrients from the food we were feeding him. And and because the doctor was not bent on giving us medication, what I really liked about him, he's a male. His name is uh sorry, his name is Dr. Raymond Escalona. Okay. Yeah. I uh, heard of him he started becoming famous because there were a lot of kids uh responding to the way he to this way of treatment. What I like about him is that, okay, he addressed through herbals. He gave us one antibiotic that we needed just because of how this biotic uh, Ziki's gut was. And we did lots of supplements to address the deficiencies. But he always kept after every appointment. And we had once, sometimes every uh, bi-weekly appointments with him because he was really tracking uh, Ziki's health. Every consult we did, aside from all the prescriptions, he was teaching us how to do it with food. Because he did say, you know, these supplements are only we're only going to keep it for a certain amount of time. It his goal for Ziggy was eventually said, we wanted to get everything from food, from food. Yeah. So we need to get
0: our nutrition from the soil. That's how he turned. Yeah. As Hippocrates said, debaet. Let food be thy medicine. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, perfect.
1: Okay, so we did all that, but it was expensive. I will be honest oh. to, uh, to the co-parents here. It was expensive. The test itself, initially, was about one hundred thousand. Yes. The supplements, because they were just not, just, you know, supplements you get off your Watsons or mercury drug. Mm-hmm. It had to have clean ingredients, or that had underwent a lot of. Uh, Testing just to ensure it's clean, so we had to get it from specific suppliers. Some of Ziggy's supplements had to be flown flown in from the U.S., but we did it because we wanted Ziggy to heal. He wanted to heal because imagine at seven, he had to learn how to drink fifteen capsules,
0: yeah, fifteen assorted capsules and tablets. Was he okay with it, or did he um, have some sort of uh, conflict around around that on a daily basis? As a kid, no, he was okay with it. Was uh, okay. He was okay.
1: In fact, he took it as a challenge because he saw me one day in the counter with uh with his yaya, his yaya who has been with him since birth, because we were trying to figure out one of the capsules was really big, so we were trying to figure out you know do we we were experimenting yaya and I would do we smash it Do we? Do so we put it in one of his blended soup recipes? And you know, both of us were tasting, you know, if we cut it, it's smaller, but how would it taste? So we were, you know, we were like crazy caretakers that time. We were tasting every supplement. So he saw us and said, you know, don't worry, mommy, I'll try to learn how to swallow. So we don't, you know, we don't have to do this because I want to get well. He would always say that I want to get well. Oh, uh, that. we we because we were always transparent to him. It was not just big big set of tablets. It was always you know, uh this tablet this addresses your the bad bacteria. This tablet, yeah. naman, would be because you're deficient in iron. Iron. This tablet, naman, because we want to detox. So he actually knows what each of the tablet does to him.
0: Wow, uh, lovely. So why don't you became your teammate in Project Ziggy? Yes, very
1: involved and participative. Very. And I think that's what really helped. One of the factors that helped him get better uh, physically because he was very, very cooperative. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. What a great idea, mom. Functional bed. So that was functional bed because I want other parents to understand that it's not always magic that when you come into a modality that you would want to try it's not like you, you have your kids go through therapy or take this bunch of vitamins and then tomorrow they're already well exactly yeah it's a journey and everybody has to get involved i think that's what initially bonded the family because everybody wanted ziki to get well his brother wanted him to get well his lolos and dollars wanted him to get well so you know junk food Kept away, even the daughters uh, who natural lawyers for the kids, they would not give him chocolate without uh, because uh, <laughs> everybody was really supportive, and I think Ziki felt that so he helped himself.
0: That's beautiful, yeah, yeah. Yes. and definitely it, it it does take time because nature uh takes its sweet time. Right? And the body also has to take the information and then recalibrate and readjust according to, you know, the mechanisms that they activate. And it it takes, it takes time for it to kind of propagate throughout, you know, holistically throughout the whole being. But I love that the whole family kind of came together. Ziki kind of became the glue. And sometimes you look at kids with different abilities as sort of the, what the family needs because somehow they needed to reconnect, they needed That kind of energy to reconnect. I think it's such a blessing. It is. It is in
1: retrospect, right in the middle of it. I, I, I couldn't even think how, yeah, it
0: was a blessing. Yes. In retrospect, yes. Wow. Such a you know, life lessons that are, that can be learned you no, know, with every experience. Yes. Yeah. So functional medicine, you did that. Are are you still on it? And to this day, how many months would, did you really practice it in earnest? We stayed with functional
1: med we for one year. I think a bit. We're still doing a bit because the the like the habits that we built: good food on the table, clean the ingredients as much as possible, or clean sources of the food that we eat. It's already ingrained. In the family, we do have cheat days. We, we've been having a lot already, but, uh, <laughs> you know, once the cheat day is done, we go back to keeping healthier. So that's still there. We're doing some of the supplements still, but it's just really basically for maintenance, so to speak. We've officially graduated from monthly consults uh, with Dr. Raymond last March of this year, 2023. So he said, you know, there's really nothing else for me to look after Mm -hmm. as much or give attention to as much as when we first started. Uh, So it's just really with see me when there's a problem type of uh, consult. Luckily, we haven't had to see him. We miss him dearly uh, (laughs) because he's played a big part in physical healing. But, you know, he's not happy to see us. they jokingly say I don't want to see you, no offense, but when I don't see you, that means that we're doing better.
0: I have the same philosophy, actually. I I love that. And so what what were the benefits or the changes that you saw in Ziggy after functional medicine? So after functional
1: medicine, he's become a lot healthier physically. We did address some of the inattentiveness, I think because, you know, nutritionally, his body was getting the vitamins and the minerals that it needed to actually function physically. So it did address some of the inattentiveness before because he was nutritionally doing better. Was it getting tired? Because prior to functional bed, you make him run one block. It's You look at him, it's like he wants to faint. Oh, wow. Uh, he was breathing so fast. He would get white in the lips. He would be getting mysterious rashes that come out of nowhere before. He was very constipated. It was normal for us to have a poop. Flu- Every four days. Right. Okay. So that what that was all addressed uh within, you know, the one year of doing functional medicine. So after one year, and that was about March of this year, we were like, Okay, so what next? Because we still had the ticks. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the ticks. It's Just really reminding the, tics. the parents out there that we still, you know, we still had the ticks. Physically, physical health
0: was better, but we still had the ticks. Did yep. any other symptoms that still persisted, like the jaw grinding or... The jaw grinding was still there. We knocked that
1: into the ticks part of his diagnosis because it was in rotation. So what happens to Ziki is he would have ticks, a particular one at any particular time. Mm-hmm. And then you would, we would uh, observe that, you know, if it's squealing tick this time,
0: that would disappear. But another takes its place. Okay okay, thing. so so there it's a pattern. So there's a there is a, pattern. a predictable pattern in the way they present. Yes, okay. that's, that's that's right.
1: So it could be swelling today that it disappears to only to be replaced by grinding teeth grinding. He would yeah. gnash his teeth He would push his teeth with his fingers. We'd have that you, know, with the timelines of how long they stay is very unpredictable. So sometimes mm-hmm. we'd have, for example, teeth grinding. That would disappear after a few weeks, only to be replaced by throat clearing. So it's, it's we're never yeah. without a tick, whether yeah. motor or verbal, we're never without a tick. They just vary in terms of how they present themselves yeah. and how long they have it or he had it. So the ticks yeah. were still there. So we're like, yeah, husband and I were like, okay, so we've done medication, we've done nemicheck, we've done functional medicine. He's improved a lot, so we said, okay, functional medicine. We have to sort of the the principles. We sort of have to keep this forever because it's helped the most. But we still had the very same issue that we began our journey with. i like, mm-hmm. I was really lost, but by then I was already reading about not not Annette Banyel in particular, but zero mm-hmm. feedback. And I think in our last consult with uh, Dr. Raymond, the functional med. He Did say it's you know functional med has done its part, maybe you should consider other modalities. And he did mention neurofeedback and safe and sound, yeah, with NSP. Call. yeah, SSP for Ziki. Uh, and my first question to him was, Do you know somebody who can do it? And mm-hmm. then he said, I'm still getting myself certified with neurofeedback, so I still need to, you know, put it into practice first, uh, before I start offering that service to my clients. And my first question to him was, and I think he got surprised. I'm like, Dr. Raymond, there are two types of neurofeedback, linear and dynamic. Uh, what... <laughs> Love it. So what are you certified in? And he said, I. Uh, he said brain balance, which I think is a type of linear. Neurofeedback. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'll just connect with you. Because I was already doing research before even asking that question, and I wasn't really sold on linear feedback just because there's a third party that would control the programming. So I was already looking into Neuroptimal by then. Yeah. So I said, okay, we'll do optimal. And the next question as always would be, okay, so who offers that
0: here? <laughs> yeah. That's right, and, and and I think maybe two years ago you you started messaging me, right? I yeah during the pandemic and yeah. and asking about you know and that Danielle and everything, but it was a little bit tricky that it's it, lo, a lot of my services is it has to be in person, and yeah. uh, and during that time during the lockdown it was just so hard for anybody to to be allowed to even get out of their houses. Yeah. It was it was like iffy for me to even touch a child, you know. You know, just put a little, you know, and then I know my COVID na or something like that. So it was, it wasn't really the right time. Not yeah. the right time, and
1: I think at that time, I, a lot of it because I, I honestly, again for the the other co parents who may be listening, I was a skeptic on the types of healing modalities that you offered. No offense, yeah. and you know that no, not not taken, health. not at but all. At that time, I was like. Okay, neurofeedback was something that I could probably say might work and something that I might understand. But yeah, and that Banyel, even GNM, I'm like, what are these are? (laughs) What what is it saying? How can you, you know, how can you encourage brain healing and brain training with
0: just having a massage? At that (laughs) time, I was like, yes, yes. having a massage. Yes, we're so used to that. Oh gosh, us practitioners are so used to that, so it's okay. I yeah. couldn't
1: wrap my head around the uh-huh. science, so to speak, behind it. So I was
0: yeah. like asking around, but not really yeah. considering during yeah. that. Time. And and also, it's hard to to find testimonials here because I'm the only one in the Philippines that really yeah. does it. And yes. And there are a lot of testimonials around the world, but I haven't really for myself like my own stories. I had, I've had a few success stories, but because of the pandemic, I was really it was very limited in exposure, so it was hard for me to tell you, oh, I had this and that and this and that, you know. But
1: during the time that you told me, I think I would still have not because I I was a skeptic. Yeah, I was a skeptic, yeah. and you would have to understand that the time done a lot and been through a lot. So a new modality, you know, try this, try that. Basically saying nothing is working. Yeah. So what will make this different? So I was in that mindset already. Yeah. Yeah. So we waited.
0: Yeah. So you waited. Yeah. And then and, and usually I get the parents that are like, you know, we've done everything and nothing is working. And then I always say, actually, you haven't tried everything. Because you haven't tried this approach. And then, yeah, you messaged me this July, right? Yes. Yeah. So finally, yes.
1: Uh, apparently, I have a friend, JL, uh, who has always been a proponent of alternative uh, modalities. She did say, you know, why don't you call and just just have a conversation with her and see if you guys are ready to discover other modalities. I also had a teammate, an office mate, not had. I still have an office mate, yes, Broly, who said, through one of our Dutch conversations, I don't even know how that happened. I think I saw one of his FB posts where he shared that he was doing your optimal and other modalities with you for his sport because he is a high-performance athlete. And he was like, try it. It works. So So I said, okay, God, maybe this is my sign. I've spoken to Eddie two years ago. Her name keeps cropping up in the... Facebook pages that I'm a member of, uh, friends who I trust, you know, are saying, try it, just, just try it. You, you don't have to say yes,
0: just, just try it. Yeah. And so I did. <laughs> Incidentally, Coach Raleigh is the first Filipino to ever accomplish 200 meters in the open 100%. free diving competition with World pool competition in South Korea. Korea. And yes. We've been biohacking him for a few months before that competition, both with confidence Mind, body, spirit, physical, and, and the oxygen training is the one that has the most impact. So it's just, the it's what a small world, diva. Right? What are the odds that Coach Rolly would be part of your company? And then, you know, it's kind of like the universe speaking to you in a way. Yeah. yeah. And I think answers were be, you know, I,
1: I'm a very spiritual person. So sometimes when I hit situations where, hey, Lord, I've got this, 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 and this. I don't know what to do next. So send angels along my way. Oh, what happens next for us? So I think, I think all those circumstances that you mentioned oh, JL, yeah, JL, Coach Ronnie, and then your name keeps popping up. I don't know why. I don't <laughs> I don't, even, I don't even say your name out loud. So it can't be algorithm. So it just kept popping up. like, okay, so maybe this is the angel that... Been praying for. And so I spoke to my husband. She said, you know, said, Let's just do one, one step. Because my, my husband is more of a skeptic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, all these things I do my research. So, sometimes, you know, and in the dead of night, everybody's asleep. You would find me reading, 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 counter checking what I read on other sites. Yeah. So, I come into decisions like this already with some knowledge what right. to expect, how right. it works. Imagine me trying to convey hours and hours of what I've read into two sentences, so that <laughs> my partner can also say yes. That's tricky, <laughs> right? So I could him and he said, okay, one session, and if it's not, you know, yeah, too good, let's not jump into it. Yeah, because it's far from us, etc. Yes. thinking
0: about yes. how hard it would be. Uh uh. Yeah. And, and for the parents out there, sometimes Kasea, one session might not be indicative of the success that you might have. So so a little bit of, of trust and confidence, I think, in the process. And one of the Anat Banyel essentials is flexible goals. Yeah. You know, give it the time that it needs. And if you know, not what you expected yet. Be patient. Just just uh, be patient with the process, Trust the process. Trust the process. Yeah, be always on the positive. You know, have uh, the aspirations that you want. Just, just be, be patient. Yeah, it will happen in right timing. Yeah, but it's I'm thankful that. that you came. Yeah, that the, that you messaged me, and I remember that you said, um, Ellie, we are just up to here. We don't know what to do with the vocal ticks. They're still there. We are willing to try what you're doing. And I sensed the frustration in your message and the desperate And the tears. (laughs) And the tears, I sensed it and I said, yeah, I think, I think we can. And I became more confident in my practice. So maybe really everything is divine right timing. Because two years ago, I still wasn't in Germanic New Medicine. So I didn't have this extra oomph perspective or lens to biological conflicts, particularly in in childhood developmental issues. And so Germanic New Medicine gave me more of a a way to target. What can we target? What do we look at? And so as a trauma therapist, I always have always looked at what's going on with a person, what's going on with the life situation of the person. And so even more with kids with different abilities, we look at what's going on in the home environment. What happened at that time? Right. And so when we look at um, vocal tics in the Germanic new medicine lens, we would look at a scare fright conflict. It's a, a conflict that lands on the left hemisphere that lands on the laryngeal mucos and the and the larynx muscles. And it's on the left hemisphere, and that's where the Broca's area is, which is the, the area for speech. And so when there's a conflict that, that lands on that hemisphere, the vocal tics are uh, an expression of that conflict. And it, sometimes it's difficult to get rid of the vocal tics because there are reminders of that original conflict. Let, let's say it's a conflict that, it's a scare fright that happened at home. And, you know, the pandemic was a time of fear. Everybody was in fear. It was frightening. And especially for a little kid, it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And and so they're very sensitive. And it still embeds, there are, still, there are sensory impressions that are embedded in in their nervous system that reminds them of that time, and so the vocal takes will will kind of come out as an expression of that.
1: Yes, <laughs> I, I I'm learning that for every session that we have. When yeah, you, it's always I go home with okay, she said this, so I then go back to Google University and say <laughs> type it in. Oh, where is she? Right, this is where the area yeah. of speech is. I don't said
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then, and, the, and of course, we look at, we look at everything holistically. So I'm a biological family relationships coach. And I always look at not just the individual, not just the child, but everyone around the child. Because the child uh, comes as a blessing into the universe. And they kind of are born into, they're supposed to be a nest already for the child. Just like you. Now you came out, you came out also, you're supposed to. You're expected to just be laid down in the nest and be taken care of and be protected from harm or anything um, that might be perceived as distressful, like loud noises and all. So it's the same thing for the child. And the child's um, symptoms are really just a reflection of his perception of his environment, and that is that there's something particularly distressful. And And this happens a lot with kids with different abilities is because even in utero, the child sees or the first sense is hearing. And so when the mother is pregnant and the mother stands around where there's construction, and and again, this is no judgment. We all do this, right? We all stay in it noise has become such a part of our lives now we become desensitized to it, but not the the child in utero. There's so much construction noise and everything. For them, they perceive it as distressful because it's so loud. Another is ultrasound. It's very loud. It drowns out mom's heartbeat. It drowns out mom's voice. So they feel alone. And so if, if you get that often, sometimes it can uh, result in a hearing conflict where a hearing morsel conflict where I can't hear mom's voice. Where's mom's voice? And again, this doesn't happen to all kids. So it doesn't mean that you shouldn't get an ultrasound because sometimes it really is needed. So, it it, it it depends on the psyche of the child and the environment. And so, we looked at that. Now, we explored a few th- uh, possibilities of, again, it was pandemic time. Diba? Everybody was yes. so afraid. And it and already, we look at that. It gives us a clue. If it happened only in 2020, and he was seven years old before that, it didn't really happen. Diba? Nothing. He was, pretty, Nothing he was yes. yeah, pretty much a normal kid. Right? The vocal takes happened that already gives us a clue. Oh, okay. So what happened
1: then? Yep. So I think a lot of it or the manifestation, I agree. Because the pandemic changed everything. So Mm -hmm. it changed, you know, our rituals. It changed the way he would go to school. Because suddenly he's part of a big TV set up for online lessons. Everybody was home. So you can just imagine the noise. I'd be in one part of the house doing all my things there that would be in another part of the house doing his meetings there kuya would be in another part of the house would do schooling there so i could just in retrospect i could just imagine just how agitating it was for him because it was agitating to me you know sometimes i was like get quiet i'm in a call can you you not see everybody can (laughs) hear you Everybody can hear the dishes. Everybody, There's people not mowing their yards. Like, yeah. And the call. So I think that could play the factor. But, as you know, with what you've mentioned also during our sessions, I tried to go back and see how was my pregnancy like with
0: Siki. And guilty as charged. Oh, and, uh, wow. uh-huh. no judgment, mommy. It's, it's really difficult. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah, we look at it objectively. It's okay. <laughs> you, you can't avoid it, Rendaba. It's just the way it is now. It's the way. It's just a standard way of doing doing pregnancy and and living life. It's the yes. it's noisy around us. Period. And we, when he was born and during my pregnancy, we lived in an area where
1: twenty four by seven, you would just have noise. Oh yeah. Tricycles, jeepneys, neighbors fighting, alcoholics. so it was just there was just a lot of it so i began to you know through your guidance i began to really sit down and look at what could have played a part with with his symptoms it just started to make sense Mm -hmm. okay maybe during this time it made an impression on him that's why he showed him what he showed you know
0: yeah and and we always look at hearing first for all kids with special needs, even Down syndrome, which is uh, Dr. Hammer actually identified that it's mostly a hearing conflict in the first three months, the first trimester, so in utero. And hearing, because even if you read Moshe Feldenkrais books, Moshe Feldenkrais is one of my mentors' mentors, and not mentor. And the, and he would say that really hearing is the first sense of the child. It's the first uh, experience of the world is really hearing. But mm-hmm. the outside world, the inside, of course, there's, there's the feeling of the, of the mother in, in the amniotic fluid and all, but, but the experience of the outside world would still be sensorily would be through hearing. And so the information that comes in is that. And if there are particularly distressful noises or um, noises that signal danger, right? There's, there are sounds that will signal danger and there were, there are sounds that are perceived as safe, such as a mother's voice, normal decibels. But if they become exposed to, let's say loud noises, their brains become attuned to that, so the middle, middle ear becomes attuned to that. And that's what Safe and Sound Protocol by Stephen Porges, who is the author of the polyvagal theory that he designed that software or this particular protocol to train the middle ear to hear safer sounds which is in the middle spectrum our mother's lulling voice because their brains it's not really the ear i mean it's we hear with our brains right their brains are more attuned to the higher loud decibels and the lower decibels so the higher loud decibels would be would be like a growling lion or you know, somebody yeah. screaming fire or something like that. Danger talaga. Mm-hmm. Or the very, very low decibels, which which would s- signal a lion snarling. It's like a low growl. Mm-hmm. Okay, and snarling, that's, yeah, and that's also that's also dangerous. So but the middle decibels, which is the which is voices talking and, you know, regular voices, they don't hear that they they only hear the loud and the low no yeah and so ssb is some sort of hearing also it's a brain training but just like neurooptimal nerve feedback So we don't mix the two now maybe we give two weeks in between no it trains the ear to hear the safe sounds that's why it's called safe and sound protocol okay okay hey, so we know our next course of <laughs> <action>. <laughs> we yes. know our next course of action but you know though it's it's also good to protect him now palang like yep. from background noises and from um loud loud noises, you can even wear earmuffs like Dr. Hammer has actually given earmuffs to a little girl with Down syndrome. And it reversed it. But of course she had to wear earmuffs, you know, the whole time for like months on end. Mm-hmm. And she became quite normal. She became Neurotypical, yeah. So, so you know, the, there are these possibilities. Of course, it depends on the degree of Down syndrome that you have. It's, if it pretty much very near the normal neurotypical spectrum, then it might be more likely that you can get there. But there are some degrees also of Down syndrome that are quite severe. If, so, flexible goals. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. agree. <laughs> Yeah, so, the, so I remember the first time that I met Ziggy on that very, very first day during your trial session. Yes, so during that day,
1: it was raining heavily. So yes. my skeptical husband said, are we still going, going, going to, to school this? So <laughs> I just want your the listeners to understand where we live. We are from Kapite. LD's clinic isn't mandan So it's always a field trip for us Uh, uh yeah. our us. Yeah. But the the trial session, we we were already battling distance and then severely bad weather. But when he saw my eyes, he said, okay, let's just leave earlier so we can make it (laughs) on time for our appointment. So we did go, we pushed through with it. Ellie already had a background of what we were trying to address. So I guess Mm -hmm. when we got there, it was just really trusting that and keeping our fingers crossed that it would work. So Kick Ellie correct me if I'm wrong with it, Anatman Yell. Yeah. And then Ziggy did optimal You had me and my husband also do Neuroptimal. Yeah. I remember that because I was getting distracted because Ziggy was having he was quiet on the table yeah. during APM, but very, very noisy when he was doing Neuroptimal. And I was like, ah uh, so I was like, Will I get frustrated or get mad because he was just <laughs> his ticks were just echoing throughout the whole center. And so, you know, we left the trial session and we couldn't, I couldn't even ascertain if, you know, how I felt about the session. Uh I felt sleepy. Uh, Personally, I felt sleepy. Ziki throughout the journey. home, His sticks just mysteriously stopped. The vocal, he was just quiet. He was really, really quiet on the way home. And then, you know, when we got home, we just felt like, let's sleep early. Let's see how we feel tomorrow morning. So the following morning, I actually interviewed Ziggy because you have to remember, I we were uh, we were working as a team, him and I. So I would always ask him, you know, even during functional meds, when you take this medicine, are you feeling anything you feel and side effects, do you so same line of questioning, I did that with him the next morning. How do you feel when you were doing the exercises with uh, your teacher, Ellie. With yes. teacher Ellie? Did that feel good? Not so good? Uh, when you were listening, were you irritated? And being the funny boy that he was, he said that during Anak he was so relaxed. He wanted to get the massage again. <laughs> Causing a massage. yeah. Uh he felt so sleepy and very relaxed he wanted to do it again. So that was already mm-hmm. my my you know, a sign to me that something was working. And then when I asked him about Europtimal, he what he said was it was okay. He just was complaining about how the de- in the he- Ah de- yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, we we'll- So I took that as a sign that he wanted to continue doing because I would never force him because I know how hard physically it would be to travel You know, every session that we've had, we have and it takes a toll on him so you can just imagine if he would, instead of yeah. him enjoying it if I would be dragging everybody to make sure that we make it to the session so I think I got once I saw that I had his bike it was no longer are we going to continue with, with it or not So we continue. I think we are
0: on number four already. I think we just finished number four. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. Yeah. And and it does look like a massage, but it's actually much more profound than that. I am not able to communicate to Ziki what I what I am looking for if I didn't have the work in my own cells first, and it took some time for me to embed them fully into myself, maybe a few years, three to four years. I studied it in 2017, graduated uh, end of 2019, really intensive work. I was in in, um, the US four times a year. And then in between online, we would have online semesters. So there were 10 particular modules and then eight more after that. So and then there's mastery for children with special needs talaga. So then in between, we needed practicum hours and all of that stuff. So so it's really to have the work in me so that I can communicate it correctly. So even if it does look like massage, a, ma- a massage person will not be able to communicate the same yeah. thing that that, uh, initiates um, neurogenesis so the uh, synaptic connections in the brain so that he would feel what what it is I'm trying to teach his body to feel so that it would create new neurons and then he would it would optimize his brain function and a lot of that is of course finding comfort back coming back to the body and finding comfort as he comes home to himself again it's This body that, you know, I was born into and and it just, it doesn't feel safe in this world. And so I I don't know how to find comfort here, but then it's, it's also communicating that you can feel safe again. And this is, this body can feel relaxed again and then letting them feel it. And then Mm -hmm. knowing the difference between calm and not calm, then he can make the choice to feel that way. And then I also do something called books neural therapy, which also uh, relieves emotional trauma that can get lodged or stored in our jaw, our cranium, and also the pelvis, because these are activation centers. Whenever there's fight or flight, these are the centers that get activated so that you can either snarl or bite, right? So the jaw is for biting. Or you can run. So the pelvis gets activated, the Achilles heel gets activated, also all the fascia mm-hmm. there. So you can just run away. But the body doesn't know the difference between you being a caveman and running from a saber-toothed tiger or just simply being at home and listening to the, a jeepney or a or an ambulance yes. outside. It's the same yep. thing. And so it keeps getting stored in the body. So the, the body comes like an, an alarm, like a buffet of alarm signals coming off, you know? And so part of um, ABM is really to help him find safety again, come back more into the parasympathetic nervous system, activate the vagus nerve a little bit more to go into more of ventral vagus. So if you know the polyvagal theory, there are two vagus nerve systems, a dorsal, vagal, the ventral. So the ventral vagal system is a socially engaged nervous system. Nervous system. Okay. Yeah. The dorsal is the fight or freeze, fawn or fame. Yeah. So it's more of the playing dead or running away or Ray. Yeah. Mm, fighting so, back. Yeah. So we push them more into the ventral vagal system. That that's where we're trying to train them to to be more. Because a lot of people, including adults, not just kids, they're more sympathetic, activated. Kumbaga, they're like press terror. Yes, exactly. They're right. They're pressing the gas more than the brake. So you press on the gas more and akala mo, you, you just press on the gas less in order to stop. But you actually don't know. You have a brake system for that. And so it, the, both systems need to be present in the brain or rather need to be activated in the brain so that they can be used. Now, they're there for our use. And it's not bad to pressing on the gas because we need to live. We need to work. We need yes. to run. We need to do sports. So, But both are needed. You, in a car, you okay. need to press on both. Yeah, for the journey that you're supposed to <laughs> see. I'm taking down notes. You're taking down notes. I have yeah. Talked. Yep. <laughs> um, so there's ABM and BNT, and this is a table work that I do to communicate with the child. And the meat of the work really is is with this, but I always mix it with other modalities. Then we have, of course, like what you mentioned, the optimal neurofeedback, which koi. Diligently researched as dynamical neurofeedback, right as opposed to linear. Yeah, I don't like linear. <laughs> you don't like linear, yeah, yeah, and, and because it it requires exams. It requires a medical practitioner to look at your brain. And then that medical practitioner being a human being uh, needs to make decisions for your brain using his own brain. <laughs> and, you know, oh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it it works, but it's it's also kind of a a gander. You have to take some sort of gamble now. Yeah. But so dynamical is actually allowing your own brain to do its own decision making and to do its own training, because nobody knows your brain better than your own brain. Right. Which That's has right has is doing nothing but studying itself and seeing how it can make itself better. And so the optimal neurofeedback supports this particular dynamism be- behind the the brain it gives real-time feedback and so your brain is practicing staying present. So instead of the inefficient patterns like anxiety or ADHD, it's practicing how to stay present. Oh, I'm not going to go to that. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here. Mm -hmm. And over time, that muscle of being flexible, being resilient will get bigger and bigger and then it's just always present. And so we like to combine the two. And I think
1: Sick is doing really well. What we noticed after our first step is that more ch- cheerful. He's not a jit. Uh, <laughs> I mean he's the beneditor. He's not a jit. Uh and you're agitated. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, he's not agitated. He's not a Uh he's more calm, easier to talk to him. Like I can now talk to him. Like an eight-year-old. Conversations are more free, flowy. You can actually when he asks questions and he asks a lot. He's a very curious child because here in the house we don't use baby words we know when he answers what's a what's a private part of the female. We would actually answer it the way how it's supposed to be known. So we stay away with the that's a flower, that's a pet child, uh-uh. say vagina, we would use a <laughs> tagalog word for it. When you answer his questions like that, you could you know, he would he has this habit of Looking to his right, I think, and you okay. could see actually the cogs turning and, and yeah, clicking. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to watch. So, I actually like when he asks questions, he would, you know, you could actually see or imagine the yeah. cogs turning. He's enjoying school more. And I think recently he had a long test week for all his subjects major and minor. You know, we would tell him, Ziki, go ahead and review. Here's the pointers. Read the pages. I'm not the type of mom who would do the reviewers and <laughs> answer questions. I'm like, sit down here. Here are the pointers. Read read it on your own. And then if there's something that you don't understand, let me know. So we tested that one out. Um, and I would laugh because it would be done 30 minutes reviewing for three objects. But I didn't force it because I really wanted to test it. I was willing to have low grades just to test the theory. That, that something is working for him. <laughs> and I think I messaged you just two days ago and informed you that we got back his test results. And I'm like, math, 35 out of 35. Wow. Uh, Filipino, which has always been a big subject for him, yeah, big subject, like, was 33 out of 35. Wow. Um, language was 33 out of 35. Reading was somewhere along those numbers. He did get some scores that were not line of threes, but mm-hmm. they weren't failing grades. Like one subject was twenty one out of thirty five. But Wow! My my husband and I looked at each other. We were like, hey, "Is working?
0: <laughs> that really working?" Oh wow, that's amazing! That, Before that, he did score that high in all tests, he would not fare.
1: Exactly. He was last year he was actually top nine in his class, but there was a lot of support there. Like, we would sit down. Uh I would, at that time, I was like, against my will, doing reviewers for him, or if not written reviewers, verbal reviewers. Mm-hmm. So, there was a lot of hand holding to get to the top nine. But this year, I'm like, okay, no more reviewers for anyone. <laughs> Sometimes that's even better than walang pressure. Yeah. There's no
0: pressure. Yeah. No, no pressure. Uh, yeah. I don't. I
1: don't pressure any of my kids. I'm like, you have to. I've always entered into the philosophy of schooling for my kids that they have to enjoy it. Because if they start feeling pressure, that made to poor failures in school performance. I'm like, okay, just read. Ask for support when you need it, or if you really need help.
0: But aside from that, you can do it. Wow, and that's so we were amazed. Yeah, I am amazed. Sometimes you know, we do this work. We. Of course, flexible goals, we can't predict anything. We're not doctors, right? We, but we but we can't because the brain is a, a brilliant thing. It, it's just studying itself. And so we don't know the presentation of what miracles can happen. But always prepare to be surprised. Yeah. We were prepared to be surprised.
1: We are pleasantly
0: surprised.
1: And so not just cool performance, you know, much more calm now. Um, one thing that really stood out was very much less oppositional you know he would actually pause now when we say no because before when we say no it was you know one hell of a fight so the tendency was we'll just give in because or else we won't be able to do anything else as parents because he was just opposing every single thing but right now when you say no he he knows how to pause and actually listen to why we're saying no sometimes he would still oppose (laughs) it's in, it's in, in his nature But there are more and more times now where he's saying, okay, I understand. And then just go about his way. So that really stood out to me because that was my, one of my biggest frustrations, our relationship as mom and and son. Another thing is that we noticed that executive memory, working memory is so much better before he would freak some, anything that he does or say five seconds later, he forgets that was before. Oh, Wow. But now we're actually surprised because he's now taking to remember when I was five years old, you made me face the wall because I did this. <laughs> he would and I was like, gosh, oh, do you still remember that, wow. that time? So we can actually see the working memory getting better so much
0: better. Yeah. And I
1: think it's then thus it helps him with his schooling because he doesn't forget yeah. now he's able to focus on the teacher, so it sticks. You know, whatever's being taught now sticks.
0: Wow. I'm so happy. I didn't I thought was what Yay, I'm so happy. Yeah, and, and I can explain a little bit of that is because the brain is no longer in the amygdala, like the fight or flight or pilot brain that, that is trying to fight off things that are not familiar. And now we, we've um, sort of shifted the energy into the higher cortical regions, like the executive decision-making, mm-hmm. rationality and all, because he, he's calmer now. So it, he, it's no longer alarm signaling. So now he can actually be himself. He can be a person, you know, who's, 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 who feels safe in the world. And then I have to give kudos to you. I, I it's not because of me. I can only do so much as as somebody who, who's a holistic wholeness guide, you know. It takes a village, diba right? And I have to work with the parents. The parents, you guys have been so forthcoming in your, and so involved in, in Project Ziggy. Could it have been as successful without your uh, Ayaw-
1: willingness? Aww. <laughs> it's crying. <laughs> For once, we're
0: actually seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. But there's hope. Yeah, there, there really is. There really is because the human being is a brilliant, brilliant organism in itself. Yeah, absolutely. With the right mindset, the right tools, the right amount of patience. But again, I have to state that whenever there are parents that treat me like a daycare center, so there are kids with different abilities and they come to my center and they drop off their kids with, just with AIS. I don't like that because I do my work and then I send them home. And it's discordant at home and the harmony is not, there's this, the home is just not a a harmonious nest to be in. All of the work that I did, or maybe a big chunk of it, 80% of it is out. out Yeah, lost. And then they come back and they're still the same. It's like, I didn't do anything. And, you know, they come, come with yayas who are also not nurturing and everything because, you know, at home, even the yayas are discordant, you know, it's just the energy at home. So wala rin, wala rin. the nest if the nest is discordant, so will the child. That's where they sleep and eat and that's their that's their home base. And so I stop work with those kids because well, the parents need to be involved. I work with the parents. In fact, I would often joke that it's really therapy for the parents. The parents, I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah. It's really not the child. The child is a reflection of what's going on, but you know the parents also they have their own challenges and issues. It's not a joke, but you know, the, in what you call co-regulation, it's nice to do family therapy where you co hole each other, co uh, heal But I love co-hold because you know you we all you all come from parts of the same thing. You know, yeah, you're some some of a bigger um dichotomy of energies, deba. Right? It's family
1: therapy for us now, just for the benefit <laughs> of your listeners and. We started off with, and I shared this to her yesterday. So we started this with just Ziggy wanting Ziggy to progress with this healing. Then it was bringing in Yaya with us. <laughs> That's right. And just this, our last session was bringing Kuya, the big brother, with yeah. us. Yeah. And the big brother now wants to continue with your optimal also. It's just it's just more relaxed at home. I I cannot put it into words. You know, there's just some testimonials that you cannot put into words so it, I find it hard a bit when I have friends asking so what has been the effect with Ziki and I'm like because oh, it's more experiential uh, for uh, us you know how do you explain to people that the feeling now at home is tighter? the feeling now at home is that we're more patient with, with one another in particular between me and my husband um, Yes, there's a little bit more patience being extended nowadays. And then there's a conscious effort now to make sure that we use more, probably, I'd call it gentle parenting. I, I yeah. can't find the right words, but it's because we're all feeling some effect, mm-hmm. again, hard to put into words, uh, some yeah. effect that's a, a positive effect that's happening, not just with Ziki, but within the house. Yeah,
0: also. and and. It's part of my protocol is really to include at least one session with the parents in it, you know, with a really conscious, moderated session where the parents are there with Ziggy witnessing. And then of course, Yaya, Yaya is a big part of your kids. Yes. Kids. Yes. I remember when I had my, I loved my Yaya so much. I was with them more than my parents. So, so I love it that Koi, you brought Yaya in. Because also they have their own adjit with each other. Uh, they have their own. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I cannot. Again, Yaya was
1: with him since the day he was born. Oh, no, not really, but three weeks. It was three weeks. So Yaya has been with us for the whole eight years. Even with her own family. During the pandemic, she did not want to go home and leave sick here. So yeah. just like you and Yaya, is, uh, Zigi is more spends more time with yaya than i yeah. do they know each other yeah inside it so- out all right <laughs> so i really had i it was a conscious decision to also bring in yaya as well because uh, though they love each other so much with those two fight i actually have to act like a referee
0: because it's like a jet a yeah so it's g- with love it's with love exactly and and all of it is with love Deva. Right? it's out of yeah. concern yeah yeah but you know when you when you're with each other 24/7 familiarity can breed contempt and it and it just gets in the in the way and so balancing the energy between them is really important we need to let ziggy see yaya in a different light and then also yaya to see ziggy deba right? that yeah just a mutual a harmony. And so it really works. It's it's not magic. It's just, you know, it's, some, it's something that I use called Psyche. It's a relationship balance. And this, I just use whatever tools I have, period, just to see how we can make things better for all. I'm seeing it so much because you, you guys are, you, the, the parents, you are so all in. Let's do it. And if it's for Ziggy, let's do it. Let's bring Kuya. Let's bring Yaya. There's something about Yaya, you know you 're so all in and this is the the biggest difference in the world because I could do all of my biohacking you know I, I do have other um, kids with different abilities and the parents are not so all in. it's different makes my work harder and then and it it's know it may take longer yeah. there's a variable and that's your variable coin that's your gift the guys that wow you really dove all in and you're like in spite of the skepticism, Basta, just try it. But are we, this may work for once. So I am so happy about that. Thank you so much for sharing
1: that. So there's more of us. You have more headcount coming. Yeah. Every Saturday. yes. Yeah. Uh, nobody wants to be left at home. They're like, where are you going? Oh, we're going to Montaluyo. teacher, Annie. Yes, Okay. I'll dress up. <laughs> By the time I know it, everybody's dressed up. So i okay, that's all go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I love it it's such an adventure and you know I'm also learning from you guys you guys are also my teachers um we're all just co learning this thing called life together and then um my hope is that uh, this particular episode can give hope to other families and parents as well don't lose hope there there is definitely hope there as long as you have the right set of beliefs definitely something good can happen
1: miracles <laughs> Not just something good, miracles. Because what we have seen in just four sessions, at least for us, because of our own journey, uh, are actually miracles. Yeah, that's what
0: that's what we're seeing. Wow! And the vocal takes that you said that they lead. they're still there, they're still uh, there, greatly reduced in volume.
1: So even if he has it, no, that's your because. We've been so attuned to him, so we still hear it. But if you're actually not used to it, you uh, you know, a person may may not notice, right? So they're lesser in frequency, lesser in volume. It doesn't bother him anymore. Maybe except for the grindy because that does hurt. But we're also seeing a downgrade in intensity of the uh, way he grinds his teeth now. Mm. But
0: he's generally happier.
1: So because he's happy, we're all happy.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know what else I kind of figured? You know, in my center, because I built the center for athletes. And therefore, I, I built it in this very busy, noisy place where there are a lot of gyms around. So there's jeeps yeah. and tricycles and Pasig ambulance and whatever, police. You know, they, they will flare at, at random times during the day. And even when you guys are there, because my, my windows are thin, they're not soundproof. And so you hear them. But in spite of that, it doesn't really bother Ziki because I haven't noticed as much ticks the last no. When he's with No, he doesn't have ticks. But <laughs> he he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, his ticks are gone. So, you know, Skelby was even joking natin <laughs> patuloy. Yeah, very very relaxed, and he actually looks forward to his sessions with with you, And He even creates his own program. As when we go to teacher Ellie, I want to do that figure eight, uh, which I think yeah. is the psyche. Yes. But this time with Yaya. Oh, and, love it. Yeah, I'll do it with yeah.
0: Kuya. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the beautiful thing, actually, is ask your child. Ask if you know some of them are not verbal. You can you could try, but if they're verbal, ask your child what is bothering you. What do you want? What did you consider scary? What was scary for you during the pandemic? And they'll tell you. And and they'll if you ask them what is it that you want, what what will make you happy so that your mood is better, and they'll tell you. And just listen. Yes. Just listen. Dima. Yes. Oh magic, sha. I I know I said earlier
1: it's not magic, but you know I want to encourage other parents out there who may be lost at what to do. Just really have an open mind. I came into this with so much skepticism that <laughs> it, it was hard for me to convince. Remember, we're a husband and wife team, so I couldn't even convince my own husband, who's also a more skeptic person than I am. But you know, we said we just have to try because we don't want Ziggy to grow up knowing that we didn't exhaust what what we knew could help him. So just try one trial session in yeah, better weather. Yeah, will <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then what I what I noticed also the first time that I saw Ziggy, meton parend the vocal ticks and all, but he was quiet on my table. And then after the the session, he started running around, which I think it it was so normal for him to do at home. He just runs around with so much energy. Typical of an ADHD child, right? yes. They just run around. But lately I haven't been seeing the running around. No Wellana. No, but I think it's just normal eight year old. Boy
1: yeah. energy. Yes. You know, I, we, we're not about saying that he just has to sit quietly because that's not normal as you But yes, thank yeah. like you. You pointed
0: that out. That's actually less so much less of that. much less of that. And and you're right about the boy energy because the males are, are meant to have 40% more muscular mass than ladies because they're supposed to do the hunting, the heavy hit, yes. carrying and all of that. And so they have all of this pent up energy that they can store in muscles because what are muscles except their battery packs they offer kinetic energy that you can use for fighting, for hunting whatever and men are supposed to do that. so males, boys when even when they're young, they will have more energy that's like oh, I need to get this out of me out yeah. yeah and and that's why they're saying that schools aren't meant for boys because the schools mm-hmm. are sitting the whole time. Where actually they should be climbing and kicking and rolling and swimming and doing more things than than female students. Right? That could just be the, the normal boy thing, which you want to encourage movement. Yes. Or yes. uh uh-uh. so in particular also the movements that involve crawling on the ground and all these are these are sort of like the um early primal movements of the baby that they use to explore the world and that will start to Build muscle tone, like the back, the back muscles and then the shoulders and all of that, that will give them the, parang the foundation for building better tone as they grow. It's like when yes. they eat those muscles more. No, that's the, that's so functionally, biologically, the babies are supposed to crawl on all fours and discover all of that, Um, get that muscular intelligence going. No, so more of that. So we, I will do more of that in anatomical method, the more of the crawling on all fours and all of that. So that, that is also addressed there. Yay! <laughs> because those yay. were best milestones for us. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And the beauty of of um, ABM is that that movement can be plugged back in, you know, retroactively in the child. You know? and yay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just be... so happy. <laughs> I know thank you so much for
1: your trust Koi. Thank I- you Ellie. You're making a difference. I never feel to tell you this that we love you. Oh. Uh, super big difference yeah. in how siki is and how the family dynamics are. In just four sessions.
0: Yeah, I know. Thank you so much. Again, it's it's uh, we are teammates. We are we are really teammates here. We're we're co-holding each other also. So, thank you. I couldn't do this without you because hey, you are the caregivers. You're the you're his world. You're his... Cheerleader. Cheerleader. Oh, no. Not lang. You're... So, thank you so much.
1: Thank oh. you, Abby. And I can say this really now without the guilt that I know that I also played a big part with with the traumas, if that's the right term, that they, most of them may have had while growing up because I didn't know any better. And that's why I think you know, you said that you would like to thank us for the support, but it's really just me trying to make up for what I, I may have done wrong in the past. Mm-hmm. So I would really want a lot, Banyel, and Neurofeedback to sort of prepare them how to handle the world when it's time for them to, so to speak, fly from the nest. It's the same goal that I have for Ziki, that you know, we will provide the safety and security until our last breath. But there will be situations where you would need to deal with it on your own at first, probably. And through your optimal, through Anak Banyal, and probably other methods. Because now I want to do every single method <laughs> that you offer, that they be able to
0: learn it and apply it on their own. Yeah. Beautiful mommy. And of course, you know, there's the no regrets, you know, we, you did the best you could at the time with the, given the resources and knowledge and beliefs that you had at that time. And uh, know that there's nothing random with the universe. It, it it kind of had to happen that way because it's mm-hmm. it's what should have happened because it's what happened. And years down the road, you you'll kind of make the connection. You'll connect the dots as to why everything is a great teacher. Everyone is a great teacher. Teacher. It's all about becoming better than who we were yesterday, and that that may have been one of the ways to become that.
1: <laughs> Started with ziki therapy. Now it's family therapy and. You know, we're, we're loving it. We're I would encourage co-parents, you know, if you're on the fence about trying it, I would highly encourage. One session, sometimes, <laughs> just one session, because that's what happened to us. Just just try. 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 Uh-huh. Try and be patient. Because I need to stress that the, the patience factor, and I think you explained it pretty really well, we, you have to give it time. Uh-uh.
0: Thank you again so much, Koi. Thank, Thank you, so you Ellie. So- mm-hmm. Yeah, my, I enjoyed Hi, this talk. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I love it. We should have more of these sessions. As an adjunct to this episode, I wanted to give a little bit more insight. There are many diagnoses that are given to children who experience developmental challenges. In Germanic New Medicine, we can identify some of the triggers or biological conflicts. It usually stems from a perceived distressful life experience. Most of the following information can be found on the website learninggnm.com. In contemporary understanding, when children experience difficulties in their short-term memory, this is now recognized as a potential symptom of conditions like ADD or attention deficit disorder, or ADHD, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, particularly if the child also exhibits hyperactivity. According to the GNM perspective, the simultaneous occurrence of memory issues and hyperactivity points towards the convergence of two intertwined patterns, one connected to conflicts of separation and the other tied to conflicts related to feeling trapped, referred to as the motor cortex constellation. Frequently, challenges in learning arise subsequent to friends and classmates, the arrival of a new sibling who receives more attention, a parent's return to work, or when parents are persistently embroiled in arguments or preoccupied, having little time for the child. Incidentally, when this separation conflict happens in the elderly, it is usually labeled as Alzheimer's disease. It happens when they feel left behind by their friends and siblings who have passed on. The forgetfulness is the body's way of protecting them from the pain of separation, which is also what protects the child with ADHD. There is always a biological purpose in biological programs. Vocal tics, also referred to as phonic tics, encompass the engagement of larynx relays, which covers the Broca's area, or the center for speech, embedded within the command center for the muscles of the larynx situated in the left cortical hemisphere. Depending on factors such as an individual's gender, brain laterality, and hormonal status, the conflict associated with the larynx is called a scare-fright conflict, either rooted in a fright-inducing experience or a territorial fear. Specifically related to the Broca's area, the conflict manifests as an inability to speak, characterized by an intense state of fear rendering the person speechless with fear. These vocal tics manifest in tandem with conflict-related activity originating from a brain relay in the right temporal lobe as observed in the autistic constellation and vocal tics. The particular repetitive vocalizations such as throat clearing, grunting, squeaking, barking, or intricate sounds like words, phrases, or even entire sentences serve as indicators of the underlying conflict. How are we addressing vocal tics with Ziggy? We addressed all the issues and possible original triggers to a scare fright conflict that happened in the early months of the pandemic. We are also protecting his hearing, so any loud noises from the background and even voices of the people from within the household need to be modulated. In some instances, we make him wear earplugs. It is proving a bit difficult to protect him from all the sounds, but so far so good with the effort to harmonize the voices of parents or any adults with big, loud voices, whether scolding or not scolding, so that Ziggy's alarm signals don't go off and the vocal ticks express again. I think one of the greatest solutions was to let each family member connect on a higher level with each other again. This connection got lost along the way but since they are all connected on a cellular biological level it isn't hard to rediscover with this secure bond in place ziggy's nervous system feels safe and he feels protected loved seen and heard another is the element of perceiving a separation conflict which the short attention span is protecting him from the pain of not being able to commune with his dna family To make Ziggy feel more seen, more Ziggy time is being spent. More connection and family bonding is being consciously planned. He is being listened to and being made to feel that he is seen and heard very consciously by the adults who love him. In our ABM sessions, I engage the mom and dad to practice some conscious touch techniques on Ziggy so they can co-regulate. As they watch for his breathing, their own breathing also regulates synchronously allowing for mutual regulation of their nervous system. To form nature's proper biological love chain, I asked the dad to do the conscious touch on the mom, who does the touch on Ziggy, who does the touch on a stuffed animal. This takes minutes, but the results on the whole family are cellularly explosive. In Germanische Halkunde, the fourth biological law of nature states that microbes don't cause diseases but play instead a vital role during the healing phase. Microorganisms are naturally widespread, coexisting harmoniously with the various organisms in the ecological environment they have evolved within over countless years. Exposure to foreign microbes such as those encountered during international travel doesn't inherently lead to a disease. However, Consider the scenario where a European individual resolves a specific conflict while in a tropical region and subsequently encounters local microorganisms. In this case, the relevant organ employs those indigenous microbes to facilitate the healing process. Given that the body isn't accustomed to these unfamiliar microorganisms, the symptoms of the healing process can manifest with significant intensity. When we look at the saying that all diseases begin in the gut, we want to actually overturn that thinking and instead question what conflict tissue are the microbes repairing now. Microbes multiply in number commensurate to the conflict load, but only activate when the brain gives them the signal to deploy because the healing phase is finally being launched. So when the gut flora is dysbiotic or too great in number, there is actually a biological purpose for their presence. And so we have to ask, should we kill them with antibiotics, or are we getting in the way of nature's perfect plan? In some cases, it may make sense to pull the reins slightly on severe healing faces, especially for people with an overburdened system, but to be strategic about how much to pull back and how much to allow the body to complete its repair work. The main modalities that I use with Ziggy are the Anat Banyal Method NeuroMovement, Developed by Anat Banyel, the protégé of Moshe Feldenkrais. This is a groundbreaking, systematic, and highly effective way to communicate with the brain and take advantage of its natural ability to make positive, immediate, and powerful changes. Neuromovement utilizes neuroplasticity exercises that can be used at any age to rewire your brain to overcome pain and reach higher levels of physical, emotional, and cognitive performance. This method taps into neuroplasticity through movement and the nine essentials, which are not defined. Supported by neuroscience research, these principles provide the conditions that the brain requires to bring life-changing results to children and adults. Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, neuroanatomist, TED Talk speaker, and best-selling author, was my classmate during my course. Herself suffering from her stroke, famously discussed in her book, My Stroke of Insight, and used ABM to really bounce back to normal functioning again. Another is neurooptimal Neurofeedback, which is an advanced neurotechnology neurofeedback that allows the brain to build flexibility and resilience with every session. The software feeds back information of its own dysregulated activity, called a flutter, and allows the brain to self-organize, The feedback is auditory. Usually, they are differently timed clicks or gaps that occur during the movie or the music that you're listening to. Over time, the brain knows itself so much that it organizes itself even before the flutter happens. Each brain will have its own unique flutter, and the important thing is that it's your own brain that does the balancing and not the machine. What that means is that people can sleep again after the brain balances and quiets down People are less reactive and more proactive. They have greater patience and tolerance. They give in less to addictive behavior. They are more energized. There are bad habits or nervous tics that diminish and anxiety lessens. Currently, I am the only advanced neuro trainer in the Philippines. I also use collar puncture and NAET or Nambujapad's allergy elimination technique which has had studies demonstrating 80% success with kids on the autistic spectrum normalizing and becoming integrated into mainstream schools. Biologically, children are very healing for parents because it heals their own parent issues. They start to understand where mom and dad are coming from, why they were overprotective or said no to everything, and why they seemed strict and brutal, but it was really out of love. If the parents were negligent or absent, Having a child allows you to be the opposite and know what it means for a parent to see you, hear you, love you, and keep you safe. There is no doubt, parenting is the hardest job on earth, but so is being a little kid in a big universe that they just don't know how to navigate and they are relying on you to feel safe, seen, and heard. I invite you to switch roles with your child. He or she is now your teacher and you are their student. What life skills is your little guru helping you develop so you're a better human today than yesterday? The lessons can be hard, but maybe you'll need to learn them the hard way so you can help others on a larger scale. The one thing biohacking and Germanische Halkunde provide is hope. There's always a way. Never say never. After his fourth session with me, this is what Ziggy has to say. Hello teacher Ellie. Helps me, I feel relaxed, rest, I feel focused and more serious when I go out. Makes me chill out, it makes me like better. Makes me feel like I can do more stuff. In biohacking, you control your biology so it doesn't control you. But first, heal your mindset to biohacking and beyond see you in the next episode.